<laughs> Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea. I have my Gemini cup this morning. Sit back and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above today, which is a Friday, so Friday, and that means we'll be talking about the three days of the weekend. Well, considering today's a, a day that I always think of as the, be the beginning of the weekend. So we have Friday, Saturday, and Sunday to talk about. And I have a feeling that you're going to see this morning as we start to talk about uh, what happens this weekend and uh, its energy just seemingly flowing from one thing into another. When I was writing this up this morning, I was looking at it and I'm thinking to myself, wow, this is like, uh, there, there, it's a string of days that have a, a series sort of feel to it. You know how when you're watching a series on Netflix or on television and you know, like the, the ending of one show is the beginning of the next and then the ending of that one, the beginning of the next one. So that is kind of how this weekend feels. And it's not necessarily a negative thing. That's not what I mean at all, but it just feels like there's this rolling energy that's moving from one day into the next. And we're going to do something different today. We're going to start a series of comparing the energies of the sign that the moon is in to the energies of the gates that the uh, moon will be in. And then because we're in the shadow period or the collective shadow period from the Pleiadian uh, Earth calendar, we're going to look at the shadow energies, which takes us into Gene Keys territory of each of the gates that the moon is going to be in for the next couple of days. And then there are a couple of big transits on Saturday. And then uh, Sunday is emotional hangover day. So we see how these energies are going to seamlessly sort of move one to the other. So that's going to be interesting. If you have your human design charts handy, today's a good day to have that. Uh, it is also a good day to have your astrology chart. In fact, as I usually will tell people, when you come to this morning broadcast, it's always a good idea to have your personal charts there with you so you can follow along and learn about yourself as we go along. I also have another announcement for everybody. Um, on Monday, we're going to start broadcasting in a different way. Uh, I've hooked up with StreamYard, which I fell in love with after uh, being on uh, as a guest on a couple of people's uh, shows. And I'm going to change that because I can broadcast to YouTube and Facebook simultaneously. So I will be broadcasting to my usual YouTube place. You won't notice any difference there. And we still will be able to chat with one another and then I will also be broadcasting to the Living Astrology Facebook page. And hopefully this also uh, fixes the issue that we've been having in our membership where I can't seem to get the broadcast to work on the Living Astrology membership group page. And now I'll be able to broadcast directly to that page as well. So yay, uh, something came along that solved multiple problems for me. Um, and something special on Monday. I am going to have a special guest with me and hopefully this person will become a recurring guest, kind of like our Pia and Colin who come back with us once a month. So I'm really excited about this new way of broadcasting, but because Mercury's retrograde, isn't it funny? I always seem to start things in a Mercury retrograde and it has to be because I have Mercury retrograde natally um, that uh, there could be some hiccups 
probably not too worrisome, but just know that we may also have to work through a couple of things in the very beginning. So things to look forward to on Monday. I'm really excited for that. Uh, okay, so let's dive in, shall we? First, let me make sure I'm actually broadcasting where I think I'm broadcasting, and there I am. Good morning, everybody out there. Mimi, it's good to see you, and I see you, Asa. Thank you for checking in. Uh, Grand Rising Janet, JLo says, good morning to you. Pauline, glad to have you today. Uh, that must mean there's something going on out there that's of disturbance to you. Uh, JLo says, hello, Astro family. Ingrid, good morning to you. Phew, what a week. Wow, I can't wait to hear about that. Amanda J, hello. Augustina, hello. Carol, good morning to you. JLo says, woohoo. And <laughs> Debbie Tibbetts, two wheel, good morning to you. I had a dream about you last night, too, too funny. Um, or uh, I think it was more of a lucid dream, like I tapped into something that was so bizarre that uh, it was like you and I were in the same dimension at the same time, other than this dimension that we're in at the same time. Very odd. Uh, JLo and says, and you can highlight some of the questions also, Janet. Ooh, I'm not sure what you mean by that, but tell me more. Kathleen Mallory, good morning. Jennifer Peachy, hello to you. Amanda J says, this happens to me too, Janet. Things always pop up during Mercury retrograde. I'm always cautious, but I too have a Mercury retrograde in my chart. And good morning to you, Andy girl. In fact, the human design, or I mean, the um, living astrology community page that I launched was also in a retrograde, a Mercury retrograde. And I took heat for that for some people that were out there that just like to judge everybody, uh, asking me what I thought I was doing, starting something in a Mercury retrograde. It was going to blow up and fail. But as you can all see, if you ever go there, that is a thriving community. People are always posting different things there, and we have a way to interact with one another as a community. So to me, <laughs> it works out fine for me if I start things in a Mercury retrograde, because there's something else at work, right? We, the, the energies of the universe aren't so stringent that there isn't room for wiggles, right? There's, there's places and times that a new beginning of some sort can also be enacted, even if we think in our minds, or we have learned from, you know, our experiences, say, in astrology, that it's something that we shouldn't do. But remember, we always have our human design operating in the background. And the background of my uh, human design is always responding to what's showing up in my outer world, and then connecting with it emotionally. So if that's happening in my life, and I'm getting that go, even if Mercury's retrograde, I'm going to go. And it just so happens that this idea of streaming uh, through uh, StreamYard, it's called, has been a recurring theme. And I just finally had the emotional, uh, do it. So I'm following my type and my strategy and my authority, irregardless that it looks like from the position of the universe that Mercury in retrograde is happening. But maybe for me, because it's retrograde in my chart, I just finally got the internal click that it was time because Mercury is turned inward as well as uh, matching what's happening in my own chart. So sometimes the rules that we think of don't always apply in hard and fast ways. This is why I love human design so much, because once you know yourself and how you are supposed to interact with the world or how you interact with the world in the highest and best, these little squabbles about whether or not to do something in a Mercury retrograde are moot. 
right? They're moot. All you need to do is recheck things just to make sure that everything is, that you've checked and rechecked. And I did that yesterday. I had Asa go through everything to do with StreamYard. I hope you were able to do that too. But I'd already gotten the yes. And so it is something that I feel was in the perfect right time. And yay. Pauline says, thought you were not on today, just next. No, 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 no. I won't be on next Friday because I'll have my grandson, Wyatt, and I, he's three. I can't imagine trying to do a broadcast with a three-year-old. And I think there are some rules with YouTube about not broadcasting live with a child unless you have that uh, marked on your uh, channel. Uh, Debbie Tibbetts, two meal, twisted star sisters. Yes, we are indeed. Pauline, we can manifest instantly, overriding all. We're not limited to even the planets exactly. Um, JLo, Mercury is your go when in retrograde, the vice versa world for you. Exactly, JLo, exactly. Right. It, those three weeks that Mercury is in retrograde are actually the best times for me. The rest of the year isn't like an upsetting thing, but the time before and the time right after the retrograde is when for me things are a little bit wonky. Uh, Debbie, hey, mine is waited to wait to be invited. And I saw a new clay throwing wheel class offered today. Always wanted to try that. So I may do it. The timing feels good to me. That's the important thing, right, Debbie? That's the important thing. Does it feel right to you? You are your own authority. If you are not certain of something, then it's likely not the right timing because there's not an alignment there that makes you feel like, ah, yes, this is it, right? So we have these other tools that we can tap into. Now, generally speaking, am I gonna you know, go buy a new computer during a Mercury retrograde? I don't know, I might. If I had the, the authority in me that says do it, I would probably do it. But am I gonna go looking for one just because during a Mercury retrograde? Probably not. So I'm using my own authority and that's what I'm trying to teach you all is if you can learn to tap into your own stuff and understand how you operate, it is totally empowering, right? Then, then you don't worry that Mercury is retrograde or that Venus is retrograde. And by the way, that doesn't mean that we don't learn about what those things mean because they can be important indicators of what is happening in your world, but also around you or with other people who maybe don't know astrology like you do. So there's always benefit in learning all of these fun things. Uh, okay, I'm going to go back to Zoom. And right now, let's start a conversation about how we can weave together astrology and human design to end the gene keys, right? We're going to weave them together like nobody's business today. So today, the moon is in the sign of Aries. And by the way, we're using the moon just because the moon moves the quickest, so we can see the evidence much quicker, right? We could probably use Mercury like this and still see some changes, maybe even Venus, but the moon is going to tell us every day that there's these changes going on in our emotions or in our moods, so we can really tap into, ah, that gate changed or that, you know, degree span changed. So today the moon is in Aries. Aries is a sign of new beginnings. 
Everything here is about initiating energy. It is the high energy and the excitement energy of starting something new, of heading out on an exploration, of um, throwing sort of caution a bit to the wind so that we can see more clearly what the next steps might be. So the moon in Aries gives us this opportunity to really connect with a sort of innocence, right? Innocence is a, a, one of the key words I use with Aries because there's this sort of sense that I don't know what's going to happen, but I got to try it anyway. And when I try it anyway, I'm going to find out, hey, you found a new pathway to do something new and exciting and revolutionary perhaps, or that failed miserably. And now I'm going to look for another way to do it. Either way, you've learned something, right? So Aries energy gives us that boldness to try something new, to step outside of our uh, constraints, uh, to step outside of our usual keep me in a box kind of energy. The uh, energy of Aries rules the self, not only the self as we think of as our ego or the, the animating uh, part of ourselves, the consciousness part of ourselves, it rules the physical body. So the strength of the body and our survival instincts all happen within the uh, energies of Aries. And this is also where assertiveness lives. Mars is the ruling planet for the sign of Aries. So Mars is the warrior god who is um, an advocate of dynamic motion, dynamic forward motion. So we have this assertiveness, this energy of pushing outward, not forcing right? This isn't about forcing yourself upon others or becoming aggressive. It can go that direction, but it doesn't need to be. This is just us asserting ourselves into the world with our strengths in a bold, courageous sort of way. Innocence, though, takes up another little piece of that, you know, there is that innocent honesty about Aries. They haven't that energy hasn't been jaded yet by all of the circumstances of the wheel of life or the wheel of the zodiac. It is authentically expressing itself. So once a month with the moon moving through Aries, we get an opportunity to re-express or to reconnect with the correct expression of who we are, right, of our individuality. There's impulsiveness here, sure, and sometimes that impulsiveness can be a it can be a negative thing, right? It can take us into the darker uh, side of Aries energy, but sometimes that impulsiveness, like me yesterday, clicking the button on actually purchasing the StreamYard deal um, works in our favor, right? It, it brings us into new territory. It has a straightforwardness about it. Aries finds it very difficult to lie, right? It, it's not that it can't lie because of course it can, but it's usually very much uh, shooting from the hip kind of energy. It's all out there. It's fire energy, right? So it's passion. It's exuberance for life is all written sort of right there on its sleeve as it's expressed out in the world. It is a sign of self-discovery and a whole uh, bunch of other words that we can put uh, after the word self, self-reliance, self-sufficiency, self-discovery, self-direction, um, and autonomy, which doesn't have self in front of it, but I guess we could put it self-autonomous. So it has a lot to do with the primal who I am. It is the I am sign, right? It is when we look at the the sign itself, it says I am, and then whatever comes next, right? 
It is also a sign of the warrior nature. Thank you to Mars, where we have courage, where we have strength, where we have leadership energy, where we have boldness, right? Those are positive expressions of our putting ourselves out there, daring to be more than what we have allowed ourselves to be. Asa and I were kind of chatting yesterday and we had this, this conversation about both of our hidden sons. We have both of us, the sun in the 12th house. It's a peekaboo kind of place uh, because sometimes you're out there and you're bold. Like today, I'm feeling very bold and outwardly expressive, but other times that sun wants us to hide, brings us into the dark where we don't have to be seen or heard. But right now the world needs our light. So we have to stop hiding our lights and we have to be able to embrace the courageous side of ourselves. Today gives us that opportunity. Now, as we always talk about, there are always the potential for the negative expressions, the lower frequency in the signs. We have high frequency, we have all the places in between, and then we have the lower frequency. So the lower frequency energies in Aries can be about self-absorption, can be about selfishness, right? Only seeing the I am and not how the we are fits into that, which would be the exact opposite sign in Libra, but also the seventh house in the astrology chart, which is the we are house and the first house being the I am house. So we have anger potentially and impatience potentially. So we have some of those um, energies that make us frustrated because maybe we're trying to push ahead um, and maybe it's just not the right time, maybe anger erupting because we're being caught up in something or being resi re resisting something or other people are resisting us. So we have that potential to express that. Now in the, um, the health, Aries rules everything to do with the head. So we're talking about the face, we're talking about the eyes, we're talking about the, the scalp, we're talking about the head itself, the skull and the brain as well. And so the, the ears, everything that we think of um, as the, being on the head comes from the uh, sign of Aries. So headaches and dizziness, migraines, some of those kinds of head bumps, right? The accidents where we bumps, bump our head are often uh, happening because of something that is correlated in the sign of Aries for you. So we have to sort of be aware of uh, the head when we're in Aries energy. Now, there are two uh, transits happening today with the moon that we're going to talk about, and then we're going to go into the human design expression of the same energies that we just talked about with Aries. Now, the two uh, transits happening today with the moon are sextiles. Sextiles are 60 degree relationships between the planets where they are able to see each other's talents and gifts, and they're able to express them. They have a great working relationship. The first sextile is to Saturn, and the second sextile is to the sun. And so it means that we have the capability to put our noses to the grindstone today and get things done, right? We can use the energy of Aries, the exuberance, the exhilaration of the sign, the go get them nature of the sign, and also the new beginning aspects of the sign and apply them in Saturnian ways, which would be with discipline, <laughs> with a stepwise progression, with a goal in mind and the, taking the steps to achieve the goal. So today I see that those kinds of transits work together in a very profoundly 
um, possibilities oriented way. So if you need to get things done today might be a good day to do that. Or if you have to set a goal, if you're doing some inner work, um, trying to determine what steps come next in your life today is a great day to tap into some of that possibilities energy. Um, okay. Uh, back here to what's going on. Sylvester Miller, hello to you. It's great to see you out there. Um, let's see, any other questions? He says, hope all is well with everyone. I missed a bit, but you are all in my heart and soul. You are in ours as well. Uh, Pauline, Zalia, hair is Leo, but on the head, so Aries too. And, and yes, indeed, there are crossovers, but the hair is, the hair part of Leo is the the way that you can tell it's the it's a characteristic of the hair usually big thick like a mane and so that gives you a kind of a clue that there's a, a leo energy that's at play in that person's chart whether it's their rising sign whether it's their sun uh, or whether it's you know a, a preponderance of planets in uh leo so we can we can see those traits on someone but not always exactly what's happening with it Andy girl says I've got Mars and Aries in my ninth house. So in, interesting, Andy, because the ninth house is a house of a fire sign Sagittarius. And then you've got Mars in Aries, which is also a fire sign. So you have a lot of fire energy. And I would imagine that when your fire energy gets caught up or you start to get burned, you either get frustration energy or anger. But then I also wonder if you are accident prone when you get uh, to a, a Mars transit that might be difficult, or if you get headaches or migraines, that type of thing, let us know. Cause there's, I just like to see if we can make correlations sometimes with that energy. Uh, okay, now I'm going to transition over to the human design components of Aries. All right, so let's take a look at that. I'm going to share my screen. Hopefully I've got the right thing here. Here we go. I do. I'm with it today. All right, so Aries gates in human design. So what we're looking at, and I'm gonna, I've written the shadows down here in the order in which the moon is moving through these gates during the Aries transit. So Aries transits begin at the gate 25, which I think is so fascinating. I find it fascinating because in its highest, the gate 25 is the gate of universal love. Remember, we've had this discussion, like love just seems to be this theme that's coming up for us. And lo and behold, love shows up in its highest form in Aries, right? The very beginning of the Zodiac. So we start the Zodiac wheel in the energy of universal love. We start the human design conversation about Aries through the gates with a conversation about love. And gate 25 sits right here on the identity center called the, somebody, some of you know it as the G center or the magnetic monopole. Inside this center is a magnet and the magnet is a monopole, meaning it can only attract it, you know, magnets either attract or they repel. In this case, this monopole can only attract. And it's a design, it's a crystal, right? In the center mass of who you are that attracts to you all of the circumstances that you need to learn your soul's purpose, to play out your life purpose. And sometimes those experiences that are attracted to us 
are um, challenging, right? Or they're blocks or places where we stumble and bumble around. But it is exactly what we need to come to a more loving point of view. And the gate 25 is all about that universal loving energy. So that would have happened probably yesterday as the sun, or I mean, as the moon first moved into Aries. So we're probably past that. In fact, I know we are, we're past that gate now, but let's look at the, the shadow of that gate. What happens when we shut down universal love? What happens when we allow the challenges of our lives, the, the things that happen to us, the relationship mishaps, the problems that happen what what shuts down is our ability to be in a loving connection with spirit in fact we kind of like constrict right that's the, the shadow energy constriction right we're constricting we're coming closer in to ourselves cutting off the potential of seeing everything that's happening in our lives through the eyes of love and of course, the identity center is all about love. This is the center for love, giving and receiving love. So next time you are facing a challenge, rather than feeling like you are at the deep end of the pool and drowning, look at it in a different way. I know we are all human and we all have that, 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 you know, reaction energy. Sometimes that's right there. And Aries can be very reactive energy. Stop next time and allow yourself to breathe and realize you're not being punished. Ask yourself the question in the moment of a challenge, what am I meant to learn from this, right? What is this showing me about where I'm still holding on to the shadow of constriction? Where am I shutting down love in this moment? So we have some really good uh, things, tools at our disposal, just self-discovery kind of tools by asking those kinds of questions uh, when something like that happens in our lives. Now, the second gate that the uh, moon would have gone to is the gate 17. The gate 17 is a really interesting gate. Its shadow is opinion. Its greatest expression is omnipresence or omniscience, right? All knowing, all seeing, all being. And thinking of that, you all have all of this potential in your chart. So when I talk to people about their human designs, or I talk to them through the gene keys, I'm always in a process of reminding you that you have all of this. So yay, though, the moon might be transiting through the 17, and we might be spouting off our opinions, and, you know, butting into people's uh, energies and, and sharing that without the invitation to share it. Um, it is still an energy that we have the potential to become omniscient in, right? To be able to be omnipresent and not to shut down the, the sequence of questions here. This is a gate in the uh, logic circuit, um, understanding circuit. Uh, in the quantum human design, it is now called the Gnostic circuit. It is about finding patterns and recognizing patterns and then the ability to predict what comes next. So it's a questioning kind of energy and not an opinion, right? It's not me looking at you and going, well, I know exactly what you need to do. And let me tell you what that is, because that's just my opinion. And by the way, you didn't ask me for my opinion. 
So we have to be careful when the moon is moving through here. This is an Aries gate that goes rushing in, not because you're mean or nasty or vicious. That isn't it at all. It is, I'm in a rush to tell you what my insights are, what I know from how I see patterns, uh, what the next step might be for you. But if I share that without the invitation, then I can come off as boorish, or I can come off as a know-it-all, or I can, you know, come off as nobody like wants to hear me, la la la, I'm not listening to you, kind of thing. And of course, then that makes you, it can make you feel undervalued or not uh, recognized and heard. Note that the 17 does connect to the throat center. And this is a, a possible way in which we can say things that we don't mean or say things out of turn. So that's what 17 is all about. And it's the Ajna. So the Ajna has a theme of certainty and its beliefs are, are concrete and thinks it knows everything about what it knows. There's a fundamentalist sort of thinking that can happen here. And for the people who have this center defined, of course, that's what that, that's you, right? That's who you are. But if you're an open Ajna and you're trying to be certain about things, about what you think you know for someone, then there could be a problem because it's just opinion, right? Just opinion. The third gate that uh, the moon will go through in the Aries energy is the gate uh, 21, the gate of control that is uh, in human, in quantum human design, we call this now the gate of self-regulation. It reminds me of the fact that we're in the week of self-regulation in the Pleiadian calendar, and it comes to this shadow period of time where we're in, and we are struggling perhaps with this energy of control. We may be seeing that even in the outer world, other people trying to control us, or we're coming face to face where we're trying to control the dialogue, control what's happening within our lives. And it becomes, again, a place of constriction. And when we're on the will center or the heart center, we're, oops, we are constricting the heart. We're constricting our heart here. So what we want to be able to do is be in the authority of this particular gate, meaning we know our true selves, we know our authenticity. So the moon in the gate 21 can be triggering control issues, but not necessarily because maybe we are taking the high road and we understand that this is our being able to self-regulate, to manage ourselves and our um, response to uh, opportunities or challenges that are happening in our world. These are also gates when we're on the will center that are about managing time money, our resources in general. So 21, in a real kind of funny way, is also the bookkeeper energy. Uh, in its highest, it can really be a great manager of resources. So maybe we can stretch out of trying to tightly control resources to knowing that, ah, oh, in, in this more free way, I can see how the, the resources are best put to use. So there's that component here as well. Next, the uh, Aries gate will be the gate 51. It is called the gate of shock in human design. It is sometimes called the gate of initiation. Sometimes the channel that you can see is not activated all at one time, unless another planet is involved. Uh, but it looks like that here just because uh, they're, you know, 
two or two days or so apart from one another. Uh, this is a gate that is sometimes engaging in shaman energy. It is taking us on a journey, uh, a journey through an awakening process. And that awakening process can be initiated often by a shock, uh, some kind of health crisis, a financial crisis, uh, uh, a relationship crisis. And it gives us access to universal love at the other side, seeing things from the point of view of spirit. So the lowest expression of the gate of shock or the gate of initiation is agitation. So I think agitation is an apt word here because think about what happens when you are challenged by something. Um, that, that, that inner turmoil, you know, becomes more chaotic, it becomes agitated, and we become maybe angry or frustrated or upset or emotionally uh, engaged with very powerful uh, emotional energy that can have us uh, just reacting instead of responding. So there's a potential for us at some point during this week. In fact, I'm going to find the exact timing of that for us. Uh, let's see, today is the fourth. It is later in the day today. So 2300 hours is 11 o'clock universal time, uh, almost midnight. So we're talking probably about eight o'clock on the Pacific coast. And yeah, probably maybe nine o'clock, 10 o'clock for those of you on the East coast. I'm not sure about that exact correlation time-wise, but it's an energy that we experience later today. So looking perhaps, you know, today, something that might cause an awakening within you uh, as the moon passes through that, maybe because it's happening later in the evening, it is some kind of realization that you have an aha moment that, you know, and all aha moments do have the potential to agitate as they stir us up in some way. Uh, but that is the shadow energy agitation. The higher energy here is when we are open to really uh, seeing uh, the initiation and awakening as a call to become more inspirited, right? To become more truly connected. See, it's connecting two parts of ourselves that split off in the 1780s, right? At the potential for us to heal the breach, to heal the separation uh, between our soul and our ego. All right, the next gate that will happen on the sacral, and that's the gate 42, the gate of celebration, the gate of endings or completions, taking something to a completion. Interesting in Aries, because Aries energy is also the initiating energy. So we have the gate 42 at the later degrees of Aries, the later transits of the moon through Aries that can bring us to a completion or of sorts or a celebration of, a, of an ending. And endings are also doorways to beginnings as beginnings are doorways that are initiated from an ending. So we often have beginnings and endings that are all intertwined. The problem here is that the shadow energy, the collective shadow here is about expectations. And it's not often that we talk about this, but sometimes expectation energy is a more negative expression, right? It is our holding on so tightly to ways that we believe that the universe is going to bring us what we desire, uh, 
that we get caught up in disappointment even because expectations aren't met. We thought it was going to happen in our timing, in our way, in the exact way that we thought it was going to happen, and it doesn't. And then our expectations then are dashed, and it was the expectation in and of itself that created the problem because the pathway to celebration comes when we are holding space for the universe to show us what the next steps are. Then another sacral gate that the moon will end, and this is just, just a little bit of the Aries energy, uh, is in the gate three. The gate three is mostly uh, going to be Taurus energy, but the very, the very end of Aries is at the very beginning of the gate three, and that can be chaos. And the gate three is this whole channel, the three and the 60, it, they're gates that are change oriented or mutation oriented. And in the I Ching, this is called trouble in the beginning. And it tells us a lot about a new beginning or an init initiating energy is not always smooth, right? And sometimes new beginnings are rocky and they create chaos in our lives as we're beginning to shift our focus or shift our energy into a new direction. So chaos in the beginning is a totally normal experience, but we don't have to tap into that chaos and make things more chaotic with our thoughts or with our actions. So you can imagine here a new initiating something new. This is also innovation in its highest expression, inventiveness in the gift and then chaos in the shadow. Uh, and what we're talking about here is that sometimes the things that we want to do that are new, that are different, that are revolutionary, are met with resistance, right? The, I mean, just think about how groups of people behave. Often there is a group of people that are all on board with innovation, right? They're the ones that are out there getting the newest gadgets. They're in the newest ways of thinking and they're, they're ready to let go of the tired and the old and the poor. Uh, and, you know, they're, they're ready to go. Then there's that part of the population that is exactly opposite, right? They're in resistance to change. They want things to stay the same. They like things the old way and they're hesitant to come forward. So we have chaos as a necessary agent sometimes or a necessary energy resistance to making things change. So the energy, the very last degree here is a change that then leads to more stability as time goes on. And as we move out of Aries, the initiating energy into the, the more stable uh, looking, the more stability or foundation oriented Taurian energies, then we will see that things begin to move more toward a solid foundation, but it all springs from the potential shadow of chaos. So how is that for everybody? I'm going to stop sharing my screen. I'm going to go up here because I think I saw a comment come through. Asa says, Andy says, my ears have been really achy these last few days. Yes, headaches. Exactly. Uh, Christine Buckingham, if that center is open, no color, what does that mean? Um, if a center is open and it has no color, it means that it's undefined or it's open, which means that you are taking in energy in that center 
And then you tend to amplify that energy and rebroadcast it, believing it to be your own energy, but it's borrowed energy, if you will, from the people around you or from transiting planets. And often that's going to happen through the gates that you have that are hanging on that center. So for example, let's go back to my graphic here for just a moment. These gates are hanging right now, right? The gate, so even these two are hanging because these are happening on two different days, right? 25 happened yesterday, 51 happens today. So these gates aren't connected. That just looks like it because of the way I made the graphic. But let's say in your own chart, you have um, the throat center uh, defined at the gate 62. And now the moon is moving through the gate 17 and it makes a connection to 62, which then defines the Ajna for you. And you become certain that what you're thinking is correct for a short time. For a short time, you have access to certainty. And then the moon, as it does, moves off and that certainty goes away. So if you're someone who's trying to make decisions based on what's going on in your head, which is never a good thing to do, but we do it because that's how we've been taught. We've been conditioned to use our minds to make decisions. Now confusion can set in because you knew you were certain a few minutes ago. Now the moon has moved off and now where did my certainty go? And if I made a decision out of certainty that I had earlier and then the moon moves, now I might be in buyer's remorse or regretting what I did. So knowing how you operate is key because if you know already that you have an open Ajna, and that a transiting planet might be highlighting the gate 17, and that's going to connect your throat to your head, then you may all of a sudden have take be taking actions from that certainty. If you know yourself, though, you can say, hmm, I'm tapping into certainty right now. So let me explore that a little bit more. Let me tap into what it is that I'm thinking I'm certain about. And is it true that I'm certain? And that can be through a conversation with a person, perhaps saying, you know, is it I want to bounce some ideas off of you? Are you open to listening for a moment to get a clue about whether that is right for you or not? So I hope that helps. If it just confused a bunch of people, let me know. I'm going to head back over here and see how everybody's doing. Um, do, do, do. Okay, so, okay, did that answer your question, Christine? Let me know that. Uh, Pauline says the shadow collective humanity is drawn to. Uh, it, it's not that we're drawn to it, we're seeing it play out, and we're seeing it playing out in full scale right now. And uh, I was watching this happen yesterday in uh, my one of my daughter's um, had an issue with her friend yesterday. Now they've been friends since they were both in eighth grade. So we're talking 20 years, right? They've been friends for two, 20 years at least, maybe longer. And uh, th they got into a, a tiff and it turned out to be all shadow. I'm sitting here from my point of view because my daughter's sending me the text messages that her friend sent to her. And I'm trying to tell my daughter, look, don't tap into this victim energy. And I'm trying to text her, calm her down and have her see the shadow that is there. And she can't hear me. She can't hear me. Both those girls are Taurus and they got their little heels dug in and there's no talking them out of their grievance at the moment. I'm hoping that sometime later here, they will come to their senses as the shadow energy begins to play out. 
um, or to, you know, move and change. But the shadow energy that I saw here was this victimness. And it is a victimness that was, it was like they were re, um, reenacting high school stuff, right? High school, he said, she said, and gossipy kind of energy. And I'm, my, my feelings are hurt. But instead of telling you that my feelings are hurt and taking responsibility for my own emotion, I'm blaming you. I'm blaming you because you said this and because you did that. So the shadows are playing out and they're not always playing out in our own personal lives, but we, as I'm sitting here, almost feeling kind of sucked in to the drama and having to pull back and stay out of the drama. So are we being sucked into these collective shadows um, in some way, shape in our lives, even if it's something in the news that triggers you, right? You're hearing something that's happening in the outer world and it becomes a trigger. You got to remember that what we're seeing out there is shadow energy, right? The collective shadow, the places that we still haven't healed our shadow selves. So this gives us a profound time period to really look at where we are carrying those shadows. Like, was there a part of me in the experience that my daughter and her friend were having that was also tapped into that collective shadow? And I could feel the emotion, certainly, but I think it was something that I wasn't necessarily tapped into. I just had the wisdom to be able to help them through, but they didn't want my help. They did not. And I was trying and they weren't buying. And uh, so I just said, okay, well, let me know if you need some help or guidance, right? That's all I can do. <laughs> so interesting how those energies pop up in our lives, but it's almost always something that is going to trigger the vestiges of the shadow within yourself. Okay. So, um, go figure why my Chiron is there. And my conscious Chiron is 42, five who signed me up for this. You did it, girl. You did it. Jayla says, OMG, Janet, you won't believe me. It happened this morning here. I have the text message to prove it. Oh, Lordy, this is mind blowing. Please take a moment. Thank you, Jayla, for the reminder. Please take a moment and hit the thumbs up button. If you have yet to subscribe to my channel, please hit the subscribe. And you can also hit the little bell and get notified when we come on air live. Uh, Kathleen Mallory says, I like the graphic, all logical, and I can follow it. I love that. Christine Buckingham, that was that magnetic in the middle one that has 25. Ah, so likely then you're attracting experiences or relationships or challenges to being uh, universally in love, right? Being tapped into that unconditional love. Uh, Robert Lamont, good morning to you. Gratitude for your clarity and generosity. You're most welcome. And Angel Star Karma, yay, I caught you live. Hallelujah. Good to see you out there. And Sylvester says, my Aries is in the 10th house as a projector. Projects are starting musically, but my relationship to life is being hindered. Could there be a balance? Is there something the universe is telling me? Well, I will bet you that there is something the universe is telling you. Um, Sylvester, and it's likely coming through your body or your health or your mind, something is being triggered here for you to take note of. And as a projector, of course, through life, you have, and I don't remember how old you are, but I want to say you were like 50 ish, right? You were at your Chiron return, perhaps. 
And the lesson here might be about the fact that you're a projector living in a generator type of world. So 70% of us out there are the doers and we're doing, we're going, we're doing, we're going, but the projectors are here to be leaders, orchestrators, guides, counselors, wise women and men, the people that the generators need to help guide them right? So if you're out there in a world trying to generate, trying to always be doing, then you are zapping your energy and you may be burning out. So your projector self may need rest right now. And that's maybe what your body is telling you, but there are opportunities opening up. So here's your chance to enter into them correctly through an invitation and totally trusting that everything is lining up in your, on your behalf, in your best interest, without feeling like the universe isn't giving you what you want or need. You have wisdom beyond what you often give yourself credit for. So the universe might be telling you something, ask it, what are you trying to show me? Tap in, right? Go inward and tap in. Um, okay. So great to see new people out there. I love that. Thank you, Janet. And Asa, Christine says you're most welcome. Um, okay, let's go into Saturday a bit. Holy God, where is the time gone? It's already 10 to 9. Um, let's go to Saturday because Saturday is uh, also a moon in Aries day, but the moon will go into the void, meaning it's in its wandering phase. It won't be making any new connections with anything else from 3.48 p.m. West Coast time to 10.47 p.m. Uh, West Coast time. So then it moves into the sign of Taurus. So pretty much late in the evening, early in the next morning, for those of you on the East Coast and over in Europe, the moon will be in the sign of Taurus. So we complete our Aries transit and we move into a new sign. So because I didn't get a chance to do Taurus with you today, maybe we'll take a quick moment because the moon will still be in Taurus on Monday and we'll do the same thing. I'll break down the Taurus gates to the Taurus uh, transit or Taurus traits in astrology. So gates to traits, traits to gates. Um, so we have uh, four, three different transits that are happening before the moon goes into the void. And they're a little bit tricky. We have a sextile to Mercury in retrograde. That is not the tricky one. That is our maybe getting some clarity in our minds, being able to, con to converse in a more um, logical way, perhaps. But after that, the moon squares both Pluto and Mars. And there is also a Mars opposition Pluto. So picture this in your mind. You've got Mars, you've got Pluto. If we could see them, they would be in an opposition to one another. Actually, Mars would be on one side of the earth. Pluto would be on the other side of the earth. And the moon is passing between the two of them in a, or coming to a side view, if you will, uh, squaring both Mars and uh, squaring Pluto. So we have the moon in Aries, a sign known for impulsivity and for impatience um, and all of the things, all those shadow energies that we just talked about, the potential for all of that energy to come to the surface in the form of a very major battle between two planets and, whew, you know, intense energy. This is disruptive energy. So on Saturday, we might have pushiness from others or even our own pushiness trying to force things to happen that meets up with resistance and what happens here you have an immovable battle going on or a, an uh, 
elongated time period where you're struggling with something, right? Buried issues here coming to the surface, the shadows, that's what the shadow period is about. Bring those things up, right? We're bringing those things up for healing, not for punishment, but it can be difficult for us to get through this particular time period tomorrow where these buried issues or buried components, things that we've pushed down are coming to the surface. So frustrated energies, coming up to, for our attention so that we can do some healing work on it, but it can feel pretty intense. I, I don't have a better word for that. So I think for Saturday, for all of us, and this is, you know, happening throughout the whole of the day, this isn't one, I think this one has layers to it that unfold as the day goes on, where you may not be dealing with your own shadows, you might be like me having to deal with my daughter and her best friend dealing with shadows. And, you know, I'm sitting here having to try to figure out, do I jump in or not? Like, do I get in the middle of this? Um, eventually I just ended up to be a support. I'm just, you know, Hey, I love you. If you need something, let me know. And on the other end, it could be something that you are struggling with yourself that is being engaged by other people. So it's an interesting day tomorrow as we are merging through this shadow period of time and needing to become responsible, responsible instead of reactive to the shadow energies that are triggered. Note that this is again, not something that we want to push away or that we want to resist. We want to, you know, engage it in maybe some kind of a conversation. Like, what does this mean for me? Why is this showing up again? What, what, how, why am I feeling angry or upset or hurt? But that is a fairly disruptive energy that comes up tomorrow. So if you're going to be doing things with family or you're going to have, you know, events you're going through or, visitors, you might just see that you're playing out some kind of shadow energy with them just being aware. There's also Mercury in a retrograde, Mercury in retrograde squaring Neptune tomorrow as well. Now, this is, this is also an interesting shadow that was a part of uh, my daughter and her friend's experience yesterday. This is a repeat from May 22nd, right? Mercury was in direct motion at that point in time and made the square to Neptune. Now Mercury in retrograde backing up through that same degree that brings it into the square with Neptune. And here is where we have problems getting the facts correct because we're not necessarily seeing things, hearing things correctly. We are not interpret, things are fuzzy. Like I can't quite, you know, get pinpoint exactly what I mean. Um, or is that what that person said? Or did they say that, but mean something else? So we have gossip versus the truth. That was a big part of their little confrontation yesterday. Um, and it might be gossip versus truth, but is it maybe, or at least not the whole truth, maybe just a part truth, right? That we're having to deal with, like they're having to really tap in and go, where's the real kernel of truth here? Because I feel like we're getting half truths, right? I see it in the news. I see it with other people. I see it in people's relationships that, you know, they are maybe translating a story, but you know how, when we played telephone as kids and the energy, you know, the words changed as, you know, people shared the message. So we're having to watch that. We also have wandering minds as a part of uh, this experience. So we have this powerful, intense energy and we have wandering minds right? So where we might not even be listening and we think we hear something that we didn't. 
or we say something that we didn't mean to say and that other person takes it in wrong and it becomes a, a problem. So we are watching this for, for uh, Saturday for sure. Um, it is also the possibility for us to entertain the unusual, the different, the unique, the imagination, fantasy. What if, um, what if you know, we use the energy of, of Mercury retrograde square Neptune to picture what we might feel in our minds as the impossible, but what if we just dreamed a little dream, right? What if we uh, began an, a conversation with our imagination about what more is possible? in every facet of our lives, right? It could be business, it could be in your health, it could be in your relationships, your finances, your secret lives, your, your uh, personal, uh, your personality, your, your uh, way that you deal with uh, other people's money. I'm, I'm thinking as I'm going around uh, to the different houses of the astrology chart. Uh, so what if we enacted our imagination? What if we went along the lines of the fantastical? right? What if we created from imagination, which by the way, we do um, nothing in our real world, including a cup or a telephone or a book, uh, nothing in the real world started in the real world. It started in the imagination. Somebody imagined that we could print words on paper. Somebody imagined language in the first place, right? There was an imagination there. Uh, somebody imagined a little computer that we could carry around with us anywhere we went that would allow us to communicate with people around the world instantaneously. It didn't just happen. It started in the imagination. So if there is something in your life that you want to bring in, use your imagination, right? Now, I'm not saying keep it in the imagination because to make it real, we have to take steps to bring the imaginational, the imagination into reality have to take the steps, but that's not tomorrow. Tomorrow is the imagination. If you want to get out of your own way and uh, the stumbling, bumbling mind or the, the scattered focused energy, unfocused energy tomorrow, then use it for imaginative purposes. Get your journal out and doodle or something that, you know, think about things uh, outside of the norm. But also remember that the, there's a pretty high probability or possibility that our shadows can be triggered tomorrow as well. And that takes us into Sunday, where Sunday, I just called it an emotional hangover. And even in the uh, Pleiadian Earth energy, Sunday is 12 feeling, understanding feelings and emotions. So Sunday gives us the time to go back through. It doesn't have any other major aspects happening, but I would say that it's likely an emotional hangover from the things that have happened the previous couple of days. The moon will be in Taurus at that point in time. So things tend to settle down a little bit. Maybe we can you know, bring a, a stability to some of the chaos from the days before. And maybe even just give ourselves a moment to just, you know, stabilize, just to be okay with where I am, to, you know, be a little more contemplative, um, to tap into the emotions, but without being emotional, right? Uh, I was, and I, I, I want to bring this conversation up one day, but I can't do it justice right now. But I want to remind you of things that we've talked about before with the emotions, the emotionals energies or our emotions are indicators. It's almost like a sign telling you whether you are aligned or misaligned with your heart. 
because where one of the major connections for uh, the, the energy of the solar plexus is right on up to the heart center. So if you're feeling frustrated or angry or upset, now I'm not saying it's not okay to feel these things, by the way, that's not it at all. But if you're feeling those things, look at what might be misaligned. How are you misaligned with your heart? How is your mind maybe monkeying with what your heart wants? And then your emotions are just telling you you're out of alignment. And if your emotions are at the other end of the spectrum, joyful, happy, and excitement, um, then you're in alignment with your heart, right? So they're indicators. So I think sometimes we think of um, being victims of our emotions, right? And that we are emotionally reactive and blah, blah, blah. Well, there is that component of all of this, but primarily your emotions are indicators of how aligned you are with your heart or with your wishes, your hopes, your authenticity versus how misaligned you might be. So that puts different spin on those emotions, doesn't it? So when you're feeling emotions, maybe that's why that, you know, we need to tap in we need to go, oh, where am I out of alignment? What is going on here? Rather than spewing onto other people, your frustration, angry, or upset, ask yourself, hmm, something here is not in alignment with my heart. What is it? All right. I'm going to check in real quick before I do sign off, make sure I didn't miss questions. Miss Asa, I don't see any out here. Okay, so let's look back here and see if there's any other questions before I go. Interesting, the Pleiadian energy is 11 loving, so maybe it will help us balance it indeed. 11 loving energy on Saturday is what she's talking about. So we have 12 feeling energy on Sunday. And on Saturday, we have 11 loving energy. 11 is the number of illumination, of bringing in the light. So what light bulb turns on for us emotionally, perhaps, or uh, in, in uh, the shadows, like the light is very powerful there. Loving energy is Lamotte in the Mayan calendar. It, it, is that Lamotte or is that, hold please. Lamotte is loving. Yes, it is the Venus star. So it's the energy that is often, oh, yes, loving energy is potential. But Lamotte primarily brings up challenges for us. It brings to the surface those places where we are out of alignment with love. That's what happens first. So we may have that light bulb turn on that shows us where challenges or things that are going on in our lives are out of alignment with love. And then we have the opportunity to realign with love. So that's Saturday energy as well, but likely it can be challenges that pop up first. So, um, JLo says, Oh shoot. I was asked if I was busy Saturday and you know, I'm not, don't change what you do in your life. Don't, don't change yourself because of what's going on here. Uh, use it as ways to tap in and see what's, you know, what kind of experiences you're having and how does it relate to some of the wisdom that we've just been talking about and emotions equals energy and motion. Yes, it does. Kathleen Mallory, all love to the collective. Christine Buckingham, thank you. Thank, thanks again, Janet. And Asa, wishing everyone peaceful and happy weekend. Thank you much. 
And Kathleen says, welcome to Sylvester. Nice to see you. Uh, all right, that is it for me today. Don't forget on Monday, uh, it will be the last day that I'll be with you for the week, but we'll have a lot to talk about because I'm gonna have to go through the new moon solar eclipse with you. We'll have a new human design week on hand. And uh, also we are using a new system on that day and a surprise guest. So big day, see you at eight o'clock. Pacific time, Monday morning. Have a great weekend, everybody. Much love to you all. Bye.